different status in the same town (laughs) instead of being the person committing the crimes now i'm the person defending the crimes (laughs) um and so brian's a a lawyer but we're actually not going to talk about the law today um we're going to be talking about rednecks uh it's a subject that's near and dear to all of our hearts coming from strasburg and Brian is is one of the resident experts on rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've met rednecks. That that's true. You've met rednecks. No one would ever call me a redneck. That's no, that, I, I don't think they. Yeah, we wouldn't have a redneck on to talk about rednecks because they would just be like they would think that they're just that's just people. No, actually, you're an appreciator of rednecks. (laughs) Well, I think I've moved up in your estimation too, because originally, like, I remember John, like, maybe the second time I met him, called me one of the quote bionic rednecks. (laughs) So (laughs) that's true. John was mad at me because I got like a set of friends that were, you know, you you guys were younger, seemed insane, and were insane. We did redneck shit together, and yeah, I was like, "Oh, so you're gonna go fucking hang out with the bionic?" Redneck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you were lumped in, <laughs> which is also a great name name for a metal band. <laughs> for sure, yeah. All right, so in all fairness, like that was based mostly on the company that you kept, like. There, everybody had skull in their lips except for you. <laughs> it was like, okay, so obviously he must be um, one of these guys too. He just ran out of skull. Right. <laughs> There's two kinds of rednecks: those with skull in their lip, and those who ran out of skull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like I don't know. I guess I feel like you were like the like Thucydides of rednecks or something. <laughs> like you're in it, immersed in it, but like. More like there for record keeping. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I think, you know, maybe you guys have the same thing too, but this is going to be my general thesis for this podcast is that there's a real du- duality about rednecks that on one part they're just really despicable for a lot of valid reasons, but there are some very admirable things about rednecks that maybe we should all incorporate into our daily lives. That's why you're on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're like the liaison. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and Let me tell you about my people. <laughs> like Tariq Aziz, like, you can show up and talk about it. Nobody will persecute you. <laughs> so we were talking about, I mean, there's some of those admirable characteristics of rednecks. Probably what drew me to the bionic rednecks was, I mean, rednecks, they, they have really great hobbies. 
that I think a lot of people don't <laughs> don't participate in. That's true. They That's have true. to get really creative with limited resources. They don't just run to the movie theater. Right. Yeah. And you definitely cling to those. Right. Like to this day, you still love to go shoot guns. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's sort of like a lifestyle, right? Like, like you end up with these hobbies that are just awesome. Uh, because what else are you going to do with like a twenty-two, a thousand shells and miles upon miles of nothing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, and it, yeah, it's not like the gun range thing. I think those gun people are kind of despicable. It's just like you leave your suburban house and go to the gun range right. to practice because you're afraid of something. Right. That's usually what th- what that is. Rednecks, on the other hand, it's less. It's more informal. And yeah, that's the type of gunplay. It's not training for anything per se. It's right. just seeing if you can shoot that beer can when your friend throws <laughs> it up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's less safe, I suppose. I, don't, I felt like we... I mean, none of us got hurt. <laughs> I feel like actually gun safety was one of the few things rednecks are very, very serious mm-hmm. and professional about. Like, yeah. they will Like, they will sober up for a moment like, look... Don't point your gun at anything but the ground. Make sure the safety's on at all times before you fire. Okay, now take that shot of fireball whiskey. Pick up the gun. <laughs> yeah, my dad had like 40 acres of land, and we would just tear that thing up. Just running around, shooting whatever whatever we saw. Just load up on all the guns before he got home. You know, it was usually like we had two hours, so we just had to haul ass to my house. And just get all the guns we can together and <laughs> get as much shooting done as we can and then like look like little angels by the time they got back home. Right. <laughs> as a result, like rednecks are just ridiculously insane marksmen. Like my granddad I'm not saying he was a redneck, but <laughs> take that how you will. Was just the most absurd shot in the world. Like you know, a clay pigeon could be flying through the air he would literally not even bring the gun up to his shoulder and he'd just shoot and it would just be powder like, just, and this was when he was like in his 70s too like, like, like ah I used to be better and it's, it's funny like if you're ever like in a country area and you're driving down a country road you'll see that like all of the signs are just like peppered with bullet holes and I think that's that's also like a remarkable feat by a redneck because what that is is one redneck leaning out the window of a pickup truck shooting the sign moving 80 miles an hour and both the driver and the shooter are are intoxicated at the time and yet they're still able to do a really good grouping on that sign they're like the modern day like mongol mounted cavalry they can hit anything at any speed they also draw dicks on all those deers Right. The deer's crossing. <laughs> all of those surrounding Strasburg had a dick. <laughs> yeah, instead of the hula hoops on the yeah. walk people, it's <laughs> dicks on everything. <laughs> everything gets a dick. And then shoot it. Right. Yeah. Put a dick on it? Good. <laughs> so I think another thing, like another part of the duality of rednecks is like, that maybe we find to be a little unsettling. Like they're all just Republicans. You know, pretty much across the board. They don't, most of them don't really know how to defend those positions very well. So that's frustrating, especially because a lot of them really were like, you know, fit the profile psychologically of what should be a Democrat. You know, they're like super generous people. So it's, it's, that I guess that's one of those things where like it, it, it seems detestable on its face 
you know, that they subscribe to such dastardly politics, but <laughs> but then they don't live their lives like that. Right. Yeah, no, I feel like rural areas are just, like, like 90% of the people in rural areas, like, either economically or philosophically, should be liberal. But at some point, some brilliant Republican strategist successfully cast liberals as pussies. So from that point on, no Republican was ever going to be a liberal because they're all pussies. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like a lot of, you know, especially where we grew up, a lot of the farmers benefited from like, you know, agriculture relief from, from you know, subsidies and that kind of stuff from the government. Um, very, very high rates of free and reduced lunch at our schools because everyone was poor as shit. You know, I mean, these are people who you would think, at least on the surface, would be amenable to like a sizable government but i think that it's you know it's the pussy thing but then it's also like i think there's a religious aspect to it that liberals are seen as godless uh, which is fair but <laughs> they're they're all a god i'll give you that one yeah. <laughs> touche all right but i didn't feel like that many rednecks actually went to church they did though that was the thing they they were religious but not like preachy about it yeah I mean, it seemed like there was, like, the Presbyterian Church, which is pretty liberal. Where did they go? There was a lot of Catholics where we grew up. Like, all of the Lineber clan, they were all Catholics. Oh. So it's, like, half the town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of the majority of the town, meaning the Linebergs, was Catholic. So. <laughs> so can we finally, like, on the record, discuss the trade? <laughs> I think this yeah. is important. It's a very redneck thing to have done, right? <laughs> right. And plus, I have follow-up questions to go along with it. That's fine. As long as you're, as long as you're willing to uh, to outline uh, the trade, how that went down, who got what. Uh, so let me like the trade. <laughs> let me start by explaining the trade. So I. But <laughs> I, I just assumed that there was going to be banjo playing the whole time. So somewhere around eighth grade or ninth grade, I bought a dirt bike for twenty dollars from a young gentleman named Clark Coddington. And then this dirt bike was such a piece of shit and didn't run at all. It was just it sucked. But I'm like, sweet twenty bucks? I've got twenty bucks. I don't have a dirt bike, so I bought this dirt bike. And then, so my redneck friend Eric uh, took a, a keen interest in a, the dirt a bionic bike. redneck. Yeah, Eric was a bionic. I feel like we should revisit the, the topic of Eric later. He should be several chapters to the story. Anyways, so Eric is like an amazing mechanic, and he like you know, thirteen year old Eric somehow manages to make this thing run with like bailing wire and nothing else. <laughs> so. Uh, it runs for exactly a day, and it was just a great day of riding this dirt bike, and then it just never ran again. And so sometime after it never ran again, Eric's like, hey, I'll, uh, I'll buy that dirt bike from you. And say, like, I don't know, I don't really. He's like, well, what if, I, uh, what if I trade you a big old stack of porn for that dirt bike? <laughs> like, I'm 13 or 14, so I was like, all right. <laughs> I feel like that's a fair trade. So that's what happened, is I... Yes, I traded a stack of porn for a dirt bike, but <laughs> yes, 
here's my defense is that the dirt bike didn't work and as far as I know the dirt bike never ran again so <laughs> plus you sold you ended up selling the right. porn like piece by piece right so in junior yeah, high and I don't yeah I think this was that same porn is I ended up running a nice little business in junior high you selling think it was the same porn <laughs> what else did you trade for porn it's weird <laughs> it's weird to be a 14 year old boy when like all of your friends' dads are like alcoholics or have some problems like that because you just come into pornography, like, <laughs> and it's like when you're when you're 13 or 14, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but it's also like a great market. So I started selling these like old Playboys from like the 70s for like 10 bucks a piece in junior high. Uh, it was a it was a That's good deal. Good fucking markup. Yeah, no, <laughs> they were originally like four bucks, brand new. So. <laughs> did you ultimately end up making off of the porn before before this black market ring got shut down it wasn't much it got shut down pretty quick <laughs> but so, did you get someone 20? snitched on yeah but at the end of the day you only have to sell two to break even right yeah yeah no i definitely broke even i made money on the dirt bike yeah. Which I feel like is the, the part of this story that's often overlooked. <laughs> yes, fine, I was trafficking in pornography, but you know what? I made a profit. <laughs> it's anti-American to, to be anti-profit. So. Yeah, there's, a, there's a very important lesson there that nobody else learned. <laughs> right. <laughs> nobody in it, that entire school ever saw that yeah, you turn $20 into... Forty dollars or whatever, just, <laughs> forty fifty dollars right. through a combination of Playboys and bailing wire. <laughs> yeah. It just brings a tear to my eye too because it's like so harkens back to like your redneck roots. You know, it's like something. There's a black market for something, so I'm gonna bootleg. <laughs> it was bootlegging too because you had to hide that stuff from your parents. Uh, porn was actually uh, we've, we've, if they fight it they hit it with an axe right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> god damn probies they drive your old timey car <laughs> <laughs> corner so fast <laughs> to come up it's exactly like bootlegging actually <laughs> I can think of like chubby 13 year old Brian <laughs> 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 riding shotgun <laughs> I get this load of Playboys over to buyers. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing like the the almost suit like made of wool. <laughs> With the hat. Old timey hat. <laughs> Kids these days won't understand this because pornography just grows on trees. So. Yeah, it's true. All they have to learn yeah, how to do is clear true. a browser history. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is still a lost art, but it's getting better. <laughs> but yeah, back then, like the the only forms of porn really um, at our disposal were Playboys. Yeah, you usually had to they, find them in the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever wonder why there were always Playboys in the woods? But there always were. <laughs> I just thought it grew there. <laughs> it's a ground cover. <laughs> Chicks with dicks just growing up at it. <laughs> I just like thought moths. we were. Like, I just thought we were the only ones who found porn in the woods. You know, we're just like, well, there's one magazine out in the woods, and we found it. it out everyone else was right. doing the same thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Why was there so much porn in I'm the woods? I'm sure there was, like, a creepy pedophile hanging around planting porn in the woods. <laughs> Entice 13-year-old boys. <laughs> you know what? It worked. <laughs> you just never caught it. Because <laughs> we always had guns with us. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I don't know about you guys, but, like, I didn't give a shit about porn other than the fact that I had porn. 
and like I'm not supposed to. Yeah, no, it's like, a status thing. It's not even yeah. a sexual thing. You have porn for a long time without even knowing like what it's for yeah, or what people use it for. Your penis doesn't really do much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even if it does, you still don't know how. Right. Like, you don't you don't know how the damn thing works yet. You know it's something that you're not supposed to have. And so you take that and you hide it. Yeah. And make sure that you can have it but your parents don't know about it. And because with yeah. us, like guns weren't that thing. Like you it's okay to have it. Right. My dad got me a gun for my first birthday. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a great picture of that that was in your graduation of like like infant Jesse like swaddled in a blanket with like like a 270 rifle thing across your back. <laughs> my dad in the back is disappointed because he didn't get the scope. Right. <laughs> Maybe for his third birthday we'll get the scope. Dad, I can't see past my face. <laughs> I don't understand that my hands belong to my body. I don't let alone know how to shoot this rifle. I don't even have object permanence. Is this gun going to still exist tomorrow? Or after I fall asleep? That's a magical milestone, I feel like, for every boy though in a rural area is when you get your first gun when was it for you it was 12 i was a late bloomer Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, yeah. yeah my dad bought me a shotgun from the linabers i don't know how that purchase went down but i can only assume i also like to think that you guys were like the porn kingpins <laughs> you cornered the market and started slowly dispensing it for whatever <laughs> made sure we drove the prices up nice and high two blaze playboys for a shotgun Mr. Lenimer I can't tell how much of this is like just teenage boys versus rednecks <laughs> there's such a slight difference that yeah. I don't even know that you can distinguish them because really I mean I feel like what a redneck is is like a grown up teenage boy yeah just in a state of like yeah you they get to stay in that state of nature. They're, they're never forced right. to, like, you know, dress nice. or <laughs> They can still be employed somehow acting this way. It's still okay to put ranch on your baked potato. Right. <laughs> yeah, why isn't that okay? I mean, it's, it's because we bit from the, you know, from the apple of the tree of knowledge. Like, we know about cholesterol. but <laughs> Somehow rednecks are always healthy, though. Yeah, they're way healthier than us. What do you mean? Than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you define I mean, they're so active. I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, they're not. Obviously, they you know they're not going to live forever. But <laughs> it's because they die exclusively of accidental death. Right. Huh. Various forms of gunshot wounds. I don't know. And, if you read a redneck cookbook, <laughs> which there should be, there's like no vegetables. Yeah, they don't eat healthy. They just end up healthy. I but they I like... think it's a lack of stress. I think that's a big part of it. They're, you're a lot happier if all you worry about is doing the next thing in front of you. And that's definitely um, a philosophy that the, the rednecks absolutely live by. They don't think about anything other than what happens next. What's the very next thing that I'm going to do? Yeah, that's and it's very usually, true. It's usually crack open a beer. <laughs> that's very true I'll, I'll throw this one caveat in there is that um, you know rednecks are amazing business people like in terms of like the rednecks who are like farmers and stuff they they know how to like run a business better than like a lot of people wearing suits For sure. so 
yeah, it's this strange dichotomy of like again of like you know I'm gonna buy this sweet pickup and then I don't know what I'm gonna do with it or right like <laughs> I'm just gonna pull this gun out and walk around and see what happens and maybe I'll shoot something but at the same time I really need to like hedge my hedge my income against this potential uprising market in the in the Near East and, and like like they understand business trends better than I do and yeah they're amazing business people yeah some of them. <laughs> I also think though getting back to the like why they're healthier than us is that even the rednecks who have like um you know like like really good jobs you know like a lot of the people we knew like make more money than I do and are like mechanics and skilled laborers and and just skilled people they still end up having jobs where they have to do like some amount of like manual labor yeah whereas like you know my job I just I can sit in a chair literally all day so they're they're healthier than I than I am, at least, from that respect. Yeah, and they've usually been doing that. Like, a lot of the people we went to school with worked on farms starting at, like, 9 or 10. Yeah. And, like, no bullshit work. Right. And they were, like, crazy strong, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, like veins popping out of their arms Right. And shit, like, you would never like, want to yeah. wrestle them. Like, that was the thing. Like, when we were, like, little kids, me and my friends would wrestle. And, like, all of my friends who grew up on farms would beat the living shit out of me. Because they were, like, <laughs> as strong as, like, 25-year-old men. And I was, like, a chubby little kid who like, played a lot of video games. <laughs> Yeah, that's why all the best wrestlers come from, like, Iowa and shit. Yeah. They've just been chucking hay bales for so long. <laughs> They're just dense. They have, like, a hay bale chucking contest. Fires. Like, that's a legitimate thing. It's like, how high and how far can you chuck this hay bale? Oh, awesome. And there are probably some farm boys out there just, just like, practicing all year yeah. for this event. And I mean, I'm sure that the, that the prize is something like a... Fifty dollar gift certificate to Ace Hardware or something. <laughs> it's totally worth it though. Yeah. You've been to the new Ace Hardware in Bennett? <laughs> yeah. Do you guys remember fucking Sebastian Goldsberry? That kid was like bionic. Yeah. Huh. I, he could have been a professional athlete, except for the fact that he was a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, that precludes you, I guess. Right. But yeah. He just like was the strongest human being ever. Somehow, and it was just because of doing stuff like that, like lifting you know hay bales and pushing his truck up a hill and shit <laughs> he was on my like little league baseball team and he i don't know how because he was like three years older than me <laughs> somehow he convinced someone that he could still be in little league baseball even though he had a mustache and like was just like every pitch would just crank it out of the park and he was our pitcher and would like throw legit no hitters in little league baseball and like <laughs> throwing like 80 yeah yeah, and that's really, and I think there's a lot of people we grew up with that are just ridiculously athletically talented, but like either through choice or circumstances, we're like, nah, fuck it, I'm not going to yeah. pursue this at all. There well, was same same with intelligence. Oh yeah, like Eric was is actually like a, uh, one of our one of the bionic rednecks was like a really actually all of the bionic rednecks J too were like really intelligent people. Yeah, and that's one thing is I think that like people hear the term redneck. Here's where I'm coming to the defense of rednecks is that <laughs> they're not at all stupid. Like, not at all. And, like, you know, Eric was smarter than I was. Like, Jay is probably smarter than I am. 
Although he does some dumb shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of being a redneck. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's difficult to gauge a redneck's intelligence because they still do dumb shit even though they can yeah, do like advanced physics. Jay's the one who, like, him and his brother got in a fight and one threw the other through a wall. Yeah, that and was an amazing story. Before <laughs> their parents got home from work, they had rehung drywall and textured it and painted it so yeah. their parents never found out. Yeah, to this day, parents don't know that... <laughs> <laughs> the, the most amazing part to, of that story to me was like the quick turnarounds. That like they were literally so angry they were throwing each other through walls and like, all right, now it's time to fix this. <laughs> you go get the plaster. Like, I'll go see if I can find some sheetrock. <laughs> and they just immediately began to work together as a team and pulled it up. They managed to match the texture. Matching texture on drywall is fucking impossible. To and that's like still. before YouTube to teach you how yeah. to do it. Yeah. Like, they just, just naturally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like rednecks can just know how to do shit. Like they that. showed me the spot on the wall and like it was completely, you couldn't tell the spot on the wall that David had gone flying through. <laughs> like, because they had done a professional job of texturing <laughs> in like two hours. You know, if I were like that, if I were that parent, I wouldn't be mad at all. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like that part of the house is actually stronger than that. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably like, try and they start They like fighting. redid some electrical in there. <laughs> like, yeah. Is that aluminum? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that family in particular, they were always like building shit and like doing creative stuff. And they, yeah, they were all into art. <laughs> kind of, yeah, like they had season tickets art. to like um, no, they had season tickets to like plays or something. Yeah, to one of the performing arts. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. And they uh, would spend a bunch of money on paintings and stuff. Yeah, and Joel, Joel, so it was Jay, Jay's older brother, Joel, made this amazing like six foot tall mirror. That was like all like very intricate and like sandblasted. And so there was like a main portrait in the middle, and then there was like, you know, a ring of smaller portraits around the whole thing. And it took him like months. But yeah, it was like a Led Zeppelin like cover. You know? <laughs> like, like the cover of a Led Zeppelin album. But it was it was fucking amazing. Like, yeah. It's like, dude, you could get rich off of that. Right. And David always had some like some futuristic vehicle out in the out in the garage that he was building. Like a hovercraft and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So he lived in like... That was another thing. Sometimes rednecks would live like Tyler Durden in (laughs) Fight Club. Like, Like David lived in the garage, like above like a... Like he had a like a bunk bed, but the bottom bunk was just like where he kept like an old engine. Sleep for like five hours and then wake up so he could work on his like whatever vehicle before school. Like jump down, not even climb down, just jump yeah. down and yeah, just start working. <laughs> and then like one of the awesome parts about that to me always was though it was like David was always like building some amazing vehicle like he built like a jeep out of nothing right like (laughs) always doing this amazing crap but you know like you would just only find out about like hey david what are you doing oh well i'm just you know forging this drivetrain out of some spare you know steel i've (laughs) been laying around (laughs) like like i feel like there's this tendency now with like a lot with like facebook and other social media like look at this hobby i'm doing like for the sake of like i want everyone to look at this hobby i'm doing but like none of the rednecks ever did that like they weren't like you know trying to show off the fact that they could build a jeep out of like three rocks and a piece of gum yeah, you only they find out when they start driving it around. Right. Like, you get that Jeep? Oh, built it. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, like, yeah, on Facebook, it's like, 
I oh I went to the gym today. Like I'm not going back ever. I just want you to know what right. I, that I did right. this today, and I want credit now. Right. Rednecks never have Facebook, but they'd actually be really good at it. <laughs> I mean, other than they're... spelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if someone would do it for them, I guess. I mean, they don't know how to use the technology, but it'd be really cool to see what they're doing every day. <laughs> Their check-ins and stuff would be pretty interesting. <laughs> at the dump. Finding some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all might want to get down here. <laughs> Making a motorized bong. <laughs> oh, that was a thing, yeah. yeah. That was that was another Joel Nordlow project. He had taken a pump off of a swamp cooler, placed it in a big bowl of beer, and just like shot beer into your throat at like 40 miles an hour. And never stopped. Right. That is like the quintessential redneck project. Huh? <laughs> Let's apply this towards getting <laughs> They could drink, though. Holy cow. Yeah, they could drink. They would, I mean, it wouldn't be enough for rednecks to just be like, hey, my friends and I hung out and we drank beer. It would have to be like, hey, my friends and I got real drunk in a field and then, like, we accidentally ran over someone's head with a Jeep. <laughs> or, like, my friends and I got really drunk and we went to the old abandoned missile silos and, like, we're climbing around over this 120-foot pit. You know? <laughs> like, it's boring for them just to sit around and drink casually. Yeah. And then Eric fell in the pit and was being a real faggot. <laughs> <laughs> also like they weren't terribly vain like not only about their own accomplishments but about like women or really anything like at the end of the day they all just like i don't know they actually live like kind of modestly like they didn't like i don't know i feel like they weren't actually that superficial yeah. about stuff which was refreshing i didn't realize at the time that that's what i was around but they just have a lot of like really good qualities yeah, that I wish more people had. Redneck culture is surprisingly merit-based. <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy that they hate is the guy who fucks shit up all the time, right? <laughs> or doesn't work enough. Like, right. doesn't work hard enough. <laughs> it's true, yeah. They, they never, like, that guy's abrasive. Right? Yeah. What was that kid's name in Bayern? Oh, Chuckles. Remember Chuckles? Yeah. <laughs> they would always talk shit about poor Chuckles, but it would always be like, Chuckles fucked something up and, like, it was dangerous or, like, harmful to someone else. It was never, like, Chuckles is fat and a dork and kind of stupid, which was, from what I heard, was all probably fair. But, like, yeah. Chuckles was just not good at be at his job of, like, being a rowdy teenager. Yeah, he was a, yeah, a fuck-up. And he was a little rude, too. Like, I met Chuckles a couple times. But they, I mean, they never hated, like, us, for example. You know, well, they, Preston Carlson hated the shit out of you. Well, yeah, but I hated him. You almost got your ass kicked that one day. Yeah. I was like 120 pounds, maybe. <laughs> what was that fight over again? He was uh, he was talking shit about gay people. And so then I told him oh, that right. the only reason people ever talk shit about gay people is for fear that they, they themselves are gay. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him there's like a 100% chance his son's going to be gay because he's like this. <laughs> of course, we're both hammered. Right. I mean, it was I think that was the same night of the yeah. beer pong. Yeah, it yeah. was the beer pong thing. <laughs> the motorized beer pong is partly to blame for this fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like a particularly large guy. We've already talked about redneck strength, but... To, but it 
it actually wouldn't have come to blows though because I feel like more rednecks were on my side in that. Yeah. Like I still had I still had the the advantage in that because of the other rednecks. Yeah, you had totally won the PR war on that one. Somehow, <laughs> <laughs> somehow, like the other rednecks were like, "Well, yeah, he's probably right." Preston's <laughs> <laughs> gonna have a little queer. <laughs> <laughs> it's science. <laughs> the little fella said it. <laughs> so I feel like in high school, for some reason, though, you, you in particular, Jesse, had like a strange relationship with redneck groups. Like they kind of treated you as like a mage or an oracle or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I had like some authority. <laughs> right, yeah. I was the only one who knew anything or something. <laughs> they didn't like being around me. Right, no, they were creeped out by it. But, <laughs> but whenever you said something, it like carried the force of law. They're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, like, I was prom king not because, like, I was, like, awesome, particularly awesome at anything. They were just like, that seems like Jesse should be. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was, like, written in the stars or something. The Jess him. <laughs> 57 Chevy in the sky has foretold it. <laughs> None of them ever realized they could just, like, whip my ass and tell me to shut up. That probably worked. <laughs> I feel like that was also Jack's downfall, too, is that that was his response to you, was to whip your ass and tell you to shut up, and yeah. they disrespected him accordingly. Yeah, Rednecks hated Jack. Yeah. Which didn't make any sense. No, like, he's from there. Yeah. Usually you win just for that. Yeah. I mean, I never made it in because I wasn't from there. Jack can be kind of condescending towards Rednecks. Like, he, he, he's from Strasbourg, but I don't think he ever appreciated them as much as we do. I think he sought out those who were not Rednecks. Yeah. It would we, be we embraced it. It'd be fair to call Jack uppity. Yeah, you <laughs> are a fucking blazer to this podcast. Christ. <laughs> this seems like a good segue because I mean, you came in here and told us that you had some specific thoughts on, on Jack and his uh, his being a guest on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you guys are scraping the bottle, bottom of the barrel clearly for guests. <laughs> Your first two are Jack and Brian. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, we don't know anybody. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, we had to podcast with each other. <laughs> no one else will be your friend, so you have to be each other's friends. Yeah. <laughs> the only way I can get people to podcast with me is that they're related. <laughs> do you still go back to Strasburg? I do. Uh, yeah, my grandma still lives out there. My dad moved to another redneck town, but a different one. Um, Which one? Brighton. Oh, okay. He's right now. Yeah, it's it's there's a Walmart there. It's yeah. pretty nice. <laughs> um, so your grandma's actually a decent study on like female rednecks. I've, like, and I think of two things: a, the fact that like she always wants to take care of everyone around her, even when she's like really old. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah, no, she's ninety three now. Yeah. And like, she insists on cooking dinner every Sunday. God damn it, Grandma. Yeah, She's like, why are you cooking for me? <laughs> you you just, survived the Great Depression. Let me at least like fry an egg for you. We're still going to respect you if you just lay there. Right. All day. <laughs> you kind of earned it. Yeah. But then also like redneck cuisine. Yeah. She is like one of the, I mean, she's like the Wolfgang Park of redneck cuisine. Like you know, white bread. Right. Mayonnaise. You have to have bread with every meal, like some form of bread. Yeah. The only cheese is like craft singles. Yeah. Well, sometimes it, she she splurges for like sharp cheddar, <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like yeah. So like 
one of the things she always made when I was growing up was like it was like beans cooked with like a piece of ham bone yeah. and then you just put it over cornbread and it's really good but it, and I'm sure it costs like three cents to make I mean that's the thing about all of the redneck cuisine is like it's so cheap yeah I mean it's like calorie rich too like right packed with calories right because they're still operating under the assumption you know it's just like we're poor as fuck we work really hard you know the men work really hard and so when they come in I need to give them like a thousand calories yeah no, my granddad, you know, like uh, like until the day he died, would eat, you know, two to three e- fried eggs every morning, a piece of sausage, a piece of bacon, toast, coffee, potatoes, you know, like a, like a 1,200 calorie breakfast every morning. And like he wasn't – like he was in good shape, you know. <laughs> like, but it's because they work so goddamn hard that like they need to eat a ridiculous amount of food. Yeah. Yeah, like when, when we haul hay – which I haven't done in quite a while. Yeah, our horses died. <laughs> no need to haul hay if there's no horses. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Can we just Thanks haul hay? And- <laughs> but yeah, you like get in and like she's made a bunch of stuff that like you know you normally wouldn't. But you're just like Jesus Christ, you know. It just lays potato chips and Jello with like shit in it, you know. Like, <laughs> salad. It's a salad. <laughs> that's, that's the salad. <laughs> But you just, yeah, you just like, because it's such hard work, you, it makes sense to eat it and a lot of it. Right. Yeah, it's been an interesting thing because, so Nicole, my wife, is from South Dakota originally. Um, and it's interesting to see the regional differences because uh, there's a lot of similarities. Like, you know, like every meal they have has some like salad with shit in it or jello salad <laughs> with shit in it, you know, yeah. with like carrots on top or whatever. Uh, but it's also, yeah, it's, it's just a really. I don't know. There, there are regional differences between the people of the land. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm not, I'm not referring to them as rednecks anymore. I think it's only fair to call them the people of the land. <laughs> now we got to be PC about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, people of the land. Rednecks would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but I think there is, I mean, you're kind of right that there's, like, each region has, because rednecks... I, I don't know. There's maybe you could pin down like a place where rednecks are, but then there's like hillbillies in like Kentucky, right? Or oh, and mountain folk; those are an entirely yeah. different thing. And then even people in South Boston, yeah, they're, they're a the form same, of redneck. It's the same ass thing. Well, just, and this is one of the things I know we've talked about before. Is one of the things that's so baffling to me is that rednecks are so anti-immigration, typically speaking. But like the people who move here from Latin America, especially Mexico, are like. The rednecks of their country you know like yeah. the people who were farmers in northern mexico and got forced out because of nafta or whatever like they're the ones who immigrate here and it's like man you have so much in common with these people <laughs> when it's not even like south and central american immigrants like every immigrant group has been right. hated by rednecks and they yet they are rednecks. right every the first wave of every immigrant group is a bunch of poor farmers right like <laughs> why don't you all band together and <laughs> yeah. make the most powerful redneck coalition ever <laughs> and then eventually like they just kind of settle in and be like little small groups of rednecks like, yeah like south boston you know it's just the irish immigrants who wanted to keep being people of the land right thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because yeah so my dad's originally from central kansas and like all of the towns in central kansas are like there are two things in the town no matter how small it is is a huge ridiculous catholic church and a bar right and like a lot of towns that's just it 
but like you'll just name a town and like oh yeah that's the that's the czech town or like right. that's the polish town you know it's like you're all freaking eastern european like and yet they still have like even to this day have like these like ethnic differences like oh yeah they're, they've got different weddings in that town than we have <laughs> i freaking hate how people from kansas like if you ever mention kansas then they say what town you know my parents lived in kansas for a while and whatever it's like what town what part as if it's like fucking New York or something and it matters. <laughs> uh, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I have no like fucking clue. God, you haven't been to Oberlin? <laughs> I got people up around Oberlin. Oh, Bird City, yes. What's Bunch it? of fags. <laughs> it's actually more useful than I think if you're like someone from New York asking what borough because you, there's a legitimate chance that you peop, you know people in common. Like like about three or four questions in you're like, oh yeah, you know someone's oh yeah. I think if you're from New York, it's like, how poor are you? Yeah. you know? But it, I so when when people ask us that question because we're not that connected to Kansas, so right. our families from there. Mm-hmm. When people ask us that question, well, I, th- I think it's like the disconnect between when we ask those same people about Africa. Like, <laughs> it's just Africa. <laughs> oh no, man! Someone brought us here <laughs> against our will. So yeah, for us, it's just fucking Kansas. <laughs> from our ignorant outsider's perspective, that's all it'll ever be. Right. There's no difference between. Is there like a rich town in Kansas? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The further east you go, the nicer it gets. So, it, and that's that's the code here, right? Is like if you if you're from like Colby or somewhere in the west, you're like, mm. you, can, you can look down your nose at that person. But if they're from Manhattan, Kansas, much like Manhattan, New York, then they're. That's a they're the upper crust <laughs> you ask them if they want anything to drink <laughs> I learned about this in South Dakota too I've learned so much about South Dakota in the last few years so apparently there's this like East River West River divide and like the Columbia River or the Missouri River excuse me goes through like the like the middle-ish part of the state cuts it in half and like the people in East River fucking hate the people in West River and vice versa and like it transcends everything like their their sports team allegiances are different I saw a map about like where what counties root for what NFL teams and like it followed the goddamn river like on one half they were Broncos fans on the other half they were Vikings fans like, oh weird yeah it's really weird these these cultural differences and you know East River's farmers West River's ranchers <laughs> so I think that that just like it's like jingoism or, or whatever like xenophobia in general like if you back up to 30,000 feet it all looks really fucking stupid. Right. So, like, if you're listening to this, whatever prejudice you have to somebody, it's gonna look really fucking dumb. Right. Yeah. Like, Canadians come down here and they're like, "Okay, so you people were born like north of the Rio Grande, and you from the south. You're the same fucking thing. You're wearing cowboy boots. None of you speak English that well." <laughs> They have an excuse, you know. So yeah, you're you're like a little cultural difference. Nobody fucking cares, except you. <laughs> they eat fish. You eat cows. That's like the that's the only difference. <laughs> well, let me throw this one to you. I mean, you guys have sort of approached this subject from a safe distance. Uh, <laughs> Judgmental, I, yes. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't brush my teeth all the time either. Um, 
I mean, you guys grew up in trailers. <laughs> Jesse had a gun before he could like open his eyes. Uh, do you not count yourself as rednecks? And if so, if not, like what? What is a redneck? I knew you were about to say, how are you guys, uh, see, I actually thought how you were going to phrase a question was going to be even more rough than that. I thought, I was like, <laughs> how are you guys not rednecks? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're like... Jesse's the most redneck for sure. Whoa. That's why he's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> <Trust fire. Yeah. laughs> you are. No, I mean, I think we're just at the same, at the same place. Like, that's what, you know, as you, I guess. I don't know. We're still, we're ethnically redneck, maybe. <laughs> I felt like I, I mean, I didn't spend much time in Strasbourg. It was three years of living there. But, but, but other than that, it was like in Federal Heights. Like, it's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like you team. moved here from Manhattan. <laughs> no. Like. no, I'm it's white trash. Not. So is there a distinction between white trash and redneck? See, I just think it's a I just think it's these people of the land thing, you know? <laughs> I think we live in a more diverse trash heap <laughs> yeah. i don't know well, white trash you i mean you're just in a more urban setting yeah that's what i think you're, yeah. you're less likely to be able to fuck around with a gun mm-hmm. but you're more likely to get cigarettes at an early age mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i probably saw pot before you did i'm sure <laughs> yeah. yeah i was offered a cigarette in first grade <laughs> and pot in third grade both yeah. by your teacher <laughs> <laughs> I learned about gangs at a young age. We used to play gangs on the playground. <laughs> yeah, like there were certain clothes that we weren't allowed to wear to school. Yeah. That's, that's definitely not it. Well, yeah. I guess rednecks probably have something like that. Like, um, Yeah, you can't wear it. Marlboro stuff was, yeah, when I was in elementary <laughs> school, like you couldn't wear like the hat from Marlboro that your that's dad a had tough gotten battle. by <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I will say that like... Like Wrangler jeans were like... And then it became cinch jeans. Like you're it, you're an asshole if you're not wearing cinch, like cowboy jeans. <laughs> I don't know. But I really embraced it when I moved to Strasbourg. I liked the redneck thing. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I really wasn't. I, I I feel maybe a little bit cheated out of that. Actually, like I wasn't exposed to it that much. My class was um, the my my class was more like the stereotypical like jock like scholar athletes you know everyone walking around wearing their um you know their their leatherman jacket with with like pins all over it and stuff and you know doing really well in school and trying really hard doing their homework every night and um after after football practice and stuff like yeah I didn't have a whole lot of um I I didn't have a whole lot of quote-unquote rednecks around me when I was in high school, and that's why it was so bizarre to me when the bionic rednecks came along, and I was like, what's going on with these guys? Like, they don't, they, they how do they have time to, How are they still know? alive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they shave a little bit of time off of their day by not showering, but, and <laughs> not worrying about having clean clothes and stuff, but like, I mean, how do they? How do you get through sports practice and do your homework and still have time to like to do some of the shit they were doing? You know, oh, yeah. like rednecks are amazing time <laughs> management. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, it was a little bit foreign to me at that point. 
I think I think it's an interesting thing to bring up the difference between redneck and white trash because I think you can be both. They, they, yeah. I think of them as like overlapping circles on a Venn diagram, right? Like, not all rednecks are white trash. Not all white trash is rednecks. Mm-hmm. But like, I almost feel like white trash is sort of like a not all and not all poor people are white trash, no. but. No, you can be classy and poor. Yeah, it's it's classless poor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Amy. <laughs> well, actually, not all white trash is poor either. Right, that's no. true. Yep, that's true. Most of the South. White <laughs> <laughs> trash, but wealthy. Yeah, I was just trying to give you an example. I'm sure I'll come up with one. I mean, there's some in Strasbourg. Like, they're, they're bankers and stuff in Strasbourg. I'm not going to use names here, but, like, there are people who... Um, like they're do, powerful people. <laughs> they do, yeah, they do very well in in industry, and but then like go home to a huge house that's decorated with animal heads. We'll see, but I would call that redneck though. Yeah, I don't know that that's nearly white trash. I, I don't know. It Have feels you seen like... the Queen of Versailles? Yeah, documentary. Oh. She's white trash. That there's a woman in there. She's like they're building the biggest house in America. And this lady is the most white trash person. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, she's actually, and that's this goes back to what we we're saying. By the end of it, she actually comes off as a more endearing character than like everyone else around her. But at the beginning, you're just like, oh god, mm-hmm. yeah. And when, she buys like fifty super soakers at once because <laughs> she has a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to what? bring like a team right. shopping with her. So yeah. that's what, what, yeah. what white trash people do when they get. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I've never been to New Jersey. <laughs> I feel like, from what I've seen of watching The Sopranos, everyone there is white trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least there's definitely some rich, rich white trash there. I'm sure. It's definitely like an association with cussing. I don't. I guess with rednecks and white trash, but yeah. I had a mouth on me. <laughs> Still kind of do. Yeah. I do, but nobody gets mad anymore. By the way, now I'm starting to realize like who exactly is listening to this podcast. And I'm like, crap, I cost a lot. <laughs> That's what made me realize it. I just thought it would be strangers, but now it's they're just our grandparents. <laughs> John, <laughs> quit telling them about this. <laughs> we had a role when I was like uh, four or five. Because my parents wisely realized that because of my who my mother was and who my grandfather was, that they weren't going to make me not cuss. Like, the best they could do was contain the cussing. So we had a rule that, like, I could cuss, like, when I'm with... It's a two-part test. Part one is I have to be with granddad, and part two is I ha- we have to be out by the horses. <laughs> so, so we're not pissing grandma off with our foul mouths. <laughs> but, yeah, if you're outside with granddad and the horses, then your, your weapon's free to cuss when you're five years old. <laughs> My mom tried to implement a cussing jar when I was, like, four or five years old, and I had, like, months' worth of allowance that worked up within 20 minutes. <laughs> she had to quit the system because I owed way too much. Yeah, that bubble finally popped. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of went out of your way to... <laughs> yeah, I immediately just started cussing. I was like, <laughs> because, well, I mean, I was so young that I thought it was a game. John and Jesse were just like, okay, so is fart a cuss word? And she said yes, and that's five cents. Oh, that's <laughs> reasonable. I know, yeah, yeah it was a little extreme. And then John maybe asked about something else, and then I just said a cuss word, like, shit. And she was like, Amy, five cents. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Amy, five cents. 
bitch. <laughs> five cents. So then I was just racking through my brain finding all of these cuss yeah. words. And she can't help but extend you credit. Cause what <laughs> I, know, yeah, like, I have no money. No, I owe nothing. <laughs> the cuss jar becomes the company store. <laughs> <laughs> but then it becomes a bubble. It's like, you're over leveraged here, mom. <laughs> yeah. So I crashed that system you immediately. Amy <laughs> <laughs> is a subprime. <laughs> It seems like for you, though, like it got pretty lax pretty fast with the cussing. Like, the way I understand it, so the way we all met a long time ago, like through mutual friends, it started off, I mean, Jesse and Jack become became friends, and then Jack was already kind of friends with Matt, and Jesse and Matt became friends, and then, and that's how you kind of got introduced um, to Jesse. Anyway, like way back when you were in like kindergarten, the story goes that um, that Matt and Dylan, who were good friends already when they were in like first grade, second grade, whatever it was, just kind of walking around the playground and they encounter kindergarten Brian just standing there cussing. <laughs> like you sounded like a character on a Monty Python movie. <laughs> <laughs> They just like happen <laughs> upon you, and all you're doing is cussing. <laughs> That's how you spent your recess. Those candy asses went home and told their yeah. parents. <laughs> yeah, those fuckers narked on me to the teacher, is what it was, and it got me in trouble. That's so much yeah. Cocksuckers. <laughs> yeah, I, my poor dad. Uh, <laughs> my mom had just the filthiest mouth ever. My dad did not cuss often around the kids and like i know he didn't want his kids to sound like sailors <laughs> like, particularly wretched sailors but it just kind of they realized there's a losing battle early on and it's like, look just try not to cuss when we're in public or like when you can embarrass us <laughs> Yeah, but fuck Matt, though. I'm <laughs> still pissed about that. Snitch. Dude, they were like three years older, and they're acting offended by that. Right. <laughs> they were bitches. You know, Matt and Dylan were an interesting part of the Strasburg landscape, because they did not belong, and yeah. their families did not belong. Like It was like two New York Jews being right. dropped in like... <laughs> yeah, so Matt's, Matt's dad was the doctor in town, and Matt's mom was a nurse, and they were both highly educated and not from around here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dylan's family was a bunch of like artistic musicians, had like a recording studio in their backyard, right? Like Also not from around here. Although they were from around there, but... Just different. Yeah. Right yeah. None of them belonged. And again, you kind of bridged the gap there because, like, your parents both had bachelor's degrees and, you know, were intelligent people, yet still right. very much bought into We rent. still had a Jeep parked beside our garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing about it. Your parents are, are have always been interesting to me because of that. Like, both intelligent, educated people. But I think all it is is just, like, the way you choose to relate to people. Like, your dad, just, like, how he relates to people, he feels connected to you if he's exchanging information about, like, cars or farming or something. Right. You know, that's really all it is. He's still just the same smart guy, but he just wants to, you know, cuss and drink beer. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the guy actually was, like, Hank Hill. 
Incarnate. Like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, there was a there was an episode of King of the Hill that I swear to God they just stole from my dad's life. There's this episode where, like, he has this old truck and it's starting to, like, break down. And, like, at one point the carburetor catches on fire and he's, like, putting it out. This And, like, and simultaneously he starts, like, crying for no reason. And, like, <laughs> Peggy keeps trying to figure out, like, why are you crying? Is it your relationship with Bobby, all this? And then, like, they find out it's because his truck is dying and he can't do anything about it. And my dad went through exactly that same thing. With his pickup, like the carburetor even caught on fire and everything. It's like, it's, oh, some royalties or something. That's what's funny too. So we were talking about how they're like basically Democrats. Like in the city, you find like really wasteful people who are just like constantly throwing shit away and buying a new car and getting a new car loan and everything. You know, send the old car off. It's like rednecks will reuse that shit. They'll rebuild that. They'll get like 500,000 miles on a truck yeah. before finally giving up. And then it's still an emotional battle. Right. It's like they're recycling. Yeah. Joel Nordlow is taking your shit <laughs> and turning it into a car. So we've just been beating around this fat idea the whole time. But yeah, basically rednecks are modern day Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the people of the right. land designation. Right. They use every part of the carburetor. <laughs> oh it's true though i mean my granddad had the same truck when i was like up until i was like you know in college that he had had in 19 like 70 you know yeah. and my dad like three weeks ago got rid of the truck that he had since i was 10 uh yeah no you don't you know and i think a lot of it you know is is economics like you know, if you grow up poor, you don't really throw shit like cars away just because you but want to do one. But that's also part of the status symbol that we were talking about because part of the meritocracy is that guy's awesome because right. he's, tr- he's managed to, you know, he can he's capable of continuing to fix this truck. Yeah. He's not just some bitch ass who <laughs> right. like gives up after five years and gets a new car loan. Right. You know? So, yeah, the, the like, the best, the, the worst truck position is to have, like, a new used truck that you bought. No one respects you for that. Yeah, the the, the next step up is to have like a brand new Cummins diesel Dodge or something like that because like at least you've got some money to throw around at a brand new truck. Then the next step up is like the truck you've had for 40 fucking years. But the, the ultimate step for truck hierarchy is like the truck you've had 40 years but then you like souped it up and put some yeah, stacks yeah. on it and shit like that. You dropped an engine in there. <laughs> right, yeah. You're on engine number three and it's got like a racing transmission. Like, yeah, that's... And then lift it up. And then the cherry on top is to get a bumper sticker that says something like, lift your truck because fat chicks can't jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only get those bumper stickers when you've done something amazing. Yeah. You have yeah, to earn those bumper stickers. By the yeah, way, those people... They work their whole lives for that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still going to have sex with fat chicks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the bed of that truck somehow. Right. <laughs> I, although I feel like true redneck, like the the rednecks we're talking about, usually don't lift their truck because that means you're gonna have to throw the hay bales higher. Right. If you're actually using your truck, you don't have like the big fucking stupid tires and balls on bag. Right. You know? <laughs> like, none of none of the respectable rednecks there. Like you know they're a serious man if they don't have that. Right. Shit. Well, it's a, it's a very teenage redneck move to yeah. like have yeah. a. A really tall truck with stacks and loud as fuck and all that shit. Yeah, and then cut the sleeves off of your shirt. Right. Yeah, Yeah. but then your dad makes you load it with scrap metal, and you're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I guess we've covered rednecks sufficiently. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call this part one because I think we. Yeah, yeah, I felt like there wasn't a we conclusion could, there. Either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've put in an hour, and I feel like we could easily go for at least another. Maybe, hour, maybe we come up with a conclusion. <laughs> rednecks aren't that bad. I don't. Know. <laughs> I mean, clearly, I, there's a duality. Part of, part of why Brian is here is because. Um, I mean, he's clearly a he's an intelligent, motivated person. But for some reason, like first of all, he's always seen um, he's always seen value in the the redneck way of life. People of the land, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Sorry. And uh, number two, like to a point of um, letting them drive trade negotiations, (laughs) 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 like like you know, just going along with. um, it, you know the the trade for porn. Even though you knew like, at the time, there's no <laughs> way you knew that you needed a stack of porn to create. No one needs a stack of porn to create drugs. money flow. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way that you knew that. But um, but still, for whatever reason, you were like, well, Eric, Eric is somebody who, um, you know, I would be happy to trade with. Because you know, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, he he's a he's a viable trade partner, and he wants this dirt bike. So you know, if he's willing to give me a stack of porn, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll gladly I'll gladly do this. That's pretty accurate, actually. You know? <laughs> yeah. If a redneck tells you to do something, you don't really want to not do that thing. <laughs> They're very persuasive. <laughs> this is why I'm shocked there aren't more redneck lawyers. <laughs> because they first have to care. That's another they yeah. don't care that much about most things other than, you know, trucks, beer. But I also think there's an opportunity. I my my thesis in this is that Democrats need to figure out how to communicate their rednecks. Because I think we could win them over. Have you have you broached the topic? I know you and I have talked about this a lot. The topic of who would win in a fight: every Republican versus every Democrat. And uh, I think like rednecks are the one like question mark, right? I like know. Th- that's the only thing that prevents us from just routing the Republicans. Yeah, because it, we've got urban people, like urban union minorities, teamsters. Yeah, yeah. Unions, that's that's what Democrats. Are. And we're typically younger. Median age is a lot younger. Mm-hmm. But man, rednecks are a real X factor. Yeah, <laughs> I think we lose. Yeah, but I think rednecks. I think Republicans are vulnerable in that. I think we can win over enough rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> so to all you rednecks, out yeah. there. Cameron Carlson, call me. Yeah, <laughs> need to start training. Yeah, <laughs> and sorry, your son's gay. <laughs> yeah, has anyone checked back on that? Because I think he's got kids by now. Oh man, he totally has kids, but they they might not be old enough to be gay yet. I don't know, man. To I'm know gonna, that they're gay. Anyway. I'm gonna dress up in a suit, put on some glasses, and like go knock on his door and say I'm with the state. You know, <laughs> <laughs> census time. <laughs> How gay are your kids? <laughs> Pretty gay. <laughs> he just starts crying. <laughs> he's like, this is bad. This is real bad. <laughs> Pretend I'm calling the president. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So I think we've. Uh, I think we're actually out of time. But um, Brian, thanks for coming in. Thanks for being a redneck historian. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Follow us on iTunes. Um, 
that's uh, that's I guess our most trackable way of knowing if, who's listening. So if you download us on iTunes, but um, yeah, check out John's website, sportsbrainsoak.com. Um, Amy and I don't really do much. Brian, follow Brian on Facebook. <laughs> break the law. <laughs> break the law and I'll represent you. Yeah, break, <laughs> Brian. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly break the law. All right. Well, thanks, guys. You're welcome. I think I'm actually like that. Like, I'm always looking for the silver bullet, and I believe it's out there for everything. But I'm also super pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just never gonna find it. Never gonna find this shit. <laughs> there is none with weight loss. <laughs> yeah, it's diet and exercise. <laughs> calories in versus calories out. All right. I mean. I think I lost a lot of weight flipping a house, but um, yeah, not people are yeah. that. Yeah. Stress will do it, or like extreme illness. Yes. I lost 17 pounds that time I shit myself. Yeah. <laughs> not recommended, though. 17 pounds of shit? I've never mm-hmm. seen a fat math addict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess there are some silver bullets. That well, that, I mean, that's the point, though. Like, even... even um, you know, eating right and weight and uh, exercising isn't the silver bullet. There are other ways to do it that work just as well, like drugs, like hard drugs, right? <laughs> <laughs> Internment camps, <laughs> which is actually a form of diet and exercise. <laughs> no one would be mad if they called it <laughs> diet and exercise. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cleanse. <laughs> well, it was a cleanse, but <laughs> ethnic Jesus. cleanse. <laughs> What's the ethnic cleanse with me? GFC just starts selling it out of a box. <laughs> it's like a roll of razor wire. <laughs> <laughs> the ethnic cleanse. <laughs> 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 